Hey there, I'm Jacob Harmon from JMH Media. Welcome to TrustCast. I am intrigued by trust. In fact, I find myself thinking about trust and building trust all the time. Our governments, economies, and even our personal lives are completely built on trust. Think about it. Trust is even at the very soul of our marketing objectives. If a customer trusts us, they're more willing to buy from us. So how do we build trust with customers at scale? Especially when we live in an increasingly digital world where consumers are less trusting than ever. On this podcast, we break through the noise and focus on the ultimate keystone metric that matters. Our primary objective, trust. Okay, welcome back to another episode of TrustCast. As you know, I love having guests on here that I believe are doing good in business and building trust. And today's guest is one of those. In fact, I listen to her podcast every single week. And we've been on podcasts in the past before. We've done a a little bit of collaboration, but I haven't talked to her in a long time. So I'm really excited to have her here today. How are you doing today, Andrea? I'm so good. And I love being back. And this is my first time on this podcast podcast. So I'm super stoked about it. (laughs) That's right. And Andrea is, she's a marketing coach. Um, She has the marketing guide to grow your business podcast, which I already mentioned I listen to. And really at the end of the day, I think Andrea just does a good job at doing exactly what we talk about on the show at building trust in business. I feel like I trust her and she is the type of person that if I have a question about marketing, she's one of those people I'm going to reach out to. So you do a great job at that, Andrea. And And we're going to dive into that a little bit today, but uh, thank you for just being a good business person. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And I really like that you have this podcast because, you know, having been around for a long time in marketing for 18 years and having been a consultant, worked for corporate America, now I have my own business. There's a lot of people out there that are not that trustworthy. And I get this all the time. I get clients come to me and say, oh man, I worked with this website person and they completely left me high and dry. Now I can't get a hold of them and they took my money or, you know, I hired somebody to do my Facebook ads and I've gotten zero out of it and I've spent $5,000 and they're not telling me what's going on. I hear this all the time and I hear it more and more, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So when you started doing this podcast, I got super excited because that's what it's all about because it's, you have to do a little bit of diligence and research nowadays to find someone that's trustworthy like you. Like I would give you my website and all my logins and trust you with anything and I could just walk away from it and I would be feeling fine about it. And that's rare, unfortunately, in this field um, because it's gotten so big. Yeah, literally this morning I had, I'm in a, I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups, but there was a Facebook group where someone posted, Hey, I need a website designer because my website designer just disappeared off the face of the earth and I can't get a hold of them. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And so I, uh, I didn't even post on that post. Someone else tagged me and said, Hey, talk to Jacob Harmon. He's your guy. And I was just like, why do people do that? Like, I can't, I can't even fathom just dropping someone and ghosting them. I mean, I understand if something comes up, but communication is, is so big. How how can you just disappear? I just don't get it. (laughs) It's so crazy. I had a consultant that disappeared and she got really sick, but instead of talking about it and telling the clients, she just disappeared. She turned off all of her social media, all of her email. 
And I was like, how do you like, why, why can't you just at least send an email and say, I'm really sick. I can't come on the phone. I'm closing everything down. Here's your money back or don't mm-hmm. send me any more money. It was the most bizarre thing. And and I ended up talking to her about it. I got a hold of her later and she just said she was sick and she was too embarrassed to tell people. Yeah. I was like, you should not communication. be a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Communication is key. And it's, it's really not that hard and people understand, right? We're all yeah. people. We're all humans. We understand when things come up, whether you get sick or, or you have a family tragedy or whatever happens, we get it. So yeah. just communicate. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I still do some consulting and, and my um, client asked me the other day, just the other day, it was like two weeks ago to do something. And I at first said, yes. And then I thought about it and I was like, I can't, I, I'm not good at this. I can't do this part. I'm, it's a writing piece that they wanted me to do. And I don't like to write and I'm, I'm not very good at writing. And but because I said, yes, I was really embarrassed to tell him like, you know what? I thought about it. I actually can't do this, but I did. I put, put on my big girl pants and I said, you know what? I'm just going to have an open dialogue and say at first, I thought this was a great thing, but to be honest, that's not my strong, my strength. I can help you find another consultant to do that. Mm. And he was so nice. And he was like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Let's look for another consultant. And that was the end of that. And it was something I made into a big deal, but yeah. you don't need to, it's just be honest, communicate, be trustworthy and be, you know, be nice about it and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and one of your expertise, Andrea is list building and building an email list. And I will be completely transparent here and say, this is probably one of my weak spots as a marketer and as an entrepreneur is I don't have a very big email list and I don't do very much to grow that email list. And I don't nurture that email list as good as I should, but because you're the expert, I want to talk a little bit about email marketing, list building, and how you can use that as a tool to build trust in your business. Uh, let's start with building the list. Uh, what are some things that we can do to to build an email list and why is it important? Yeah, it, it honestly is true. It doesn't matter what size company you have, the bigger your list and the better your list, the bigger your income. I worked for billion-dollar companies like Transamerica. I worked for startups. I worked for nonprofits like the American Humane Association. Now I help coaches and consultants. And all of us, it doesn't matter what size company, the bigger the list, the bigger the income. So it is so vital for you to have that um, if you're a service um, professional like you or if you sell courses like me. We have to have a list because we own this list. We don't own the people. We own the list. And that means we have these people that trusted us to give us their email address. And now we're having this dialogue with them. You don't have this anywhere else. Mm. Facebook, Instagram, it could go down. It could get taken away. It could get disabled. They actually never really opted in. They might see you sometimes, what, 2% of your posts get seen. It's so small of an amount of people where you can really touch them and get to them. Podcast is different because you're in their ear, you're in their car, and they are trusting you and they're listening to you. So I love podcasts for that reason. And that's why I have a podcast. It also helps with list building. And then getting those people on your email list is really a must because that's the way that you stay on top of mind in front of them, but only if you're consistent. Yeah. You got to consistently nurture them and consistently show up and give some service and give them a little bit of yourself, your personal story, 
your success stories from, from other clients that you've helped and letting them, giving them tips and tricks for whatever that they're working on and whatever your business is. So that way they can get to know you, they get to like you and they get to trust you because you've already been hooking them up with like really good information and good nuggets for their business. And so it's absolutely vital. So you need to start your list building the second we stop this podcast. <laughs> Yes, it is. It has been on my to-do list. And one of the, one of the things that I know too, is I always recommend podcasting to people because you need to have some sort of medium that you own. And you, you touched on that. Uh, Facebook, they could change anything at any time. And they do all the time. Their algorithms are changing. Um, they can de-emphasize business pages or de-emphasize groups or do whatever. And we're just at their whim, right? Uh, same with LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram or any of these social platforms. We don't control them. <laughs> so we can throw our content on there, but that doesn't mean we have any control over the audience that we've built. And so... I always recommend to people, that's why you need a website. That's why you need a podcast. And that's why you need an email list. Not that I'm, like I said, not very good at that. But these are things that you own and that you control 100% of. And really, at the end of the day, you need to push as many people onto these platforms that you own because it gives you a lot more control over the future of your business too. Yeah. In my list that convert program, I make a huge point out of exactly what you said. You need to have one big piece of content. And I do, um, I don't just say podcasts. I prefer podcasts, but I don't just say that because some people just don't like that. And it's, mm -hmm. it seems very um, daunting to do that. So I tell them like either have a blog on your website or you could do a Facebook lives or Instagram lives. Just make sure that those lives get recorded and put on your blog or on your website or on your YouTube channel. So you still own them. You can do um, a podcast. You could do, um, you know, have that YouTube channel and that's showing, but I want you to do something big, one big piece of content every week. That way you automatically have that big piece of content that you can email to your list every week. So you have this consistency of this big piece of content that you repurpose because if, if, when I do a podcast, um, I have a social media manager. She listens to my podcast and gets like seven or eight um, different social posts out of it. So she repurposes it. And then we can send an email, a repurposed email on it. And then I can even do a repurposed Facebook live on it. So I do only do one content piece, but I've repurposed it so many different ways. And then I always, always email my people at least once a week with some kind of information about that big content piece that I have. And that nurturing and keeping in front of your people and keeping at the front of their mind and they see you show up over and over again, and you're not going away that automatically gives that trust feeling that you really need. People won't buy from you until they trust you. Mm -hmm. And there's a handful of people that might throw some money your way, but it's very few. People really want to trust you and know who you are and know that you're not going to disappear on them like we talked about earlier. And yeah. that's what email is for because you're always there. Um, and the list building a lot of people are like, oh, okay, I'm going to take your course, Andrea, and then I'll just get a list. I'm like, yeah, but there's still work you have to do. <laughs> you still have to show up consistently in this podcast, in this blog, or whatever big content piece that you chose. And then you have to actually do the emails and then show up. And then every single time on your podcast, for example, you can drop your lead magnet. Mm -hmm. I have a lead magnet. I drop it maybe every second, third, 
um, podcast episode that I record. Sometimes when I'm a guest on a podcast like this, I'll drop the lead magnet. Um, and, and all a lead magnet is, it's a freebie, right? So it's a PDF, a checklist, maybe a free course or, or a, a free recording of a video that you made. But the whole point of it is it sits behind an, um, an email form. So you have to give the email address in order to get this freebie or this lead magnet. And if you have one, you don't need more than that. One's enough. If you have one and you're always talking about it on your content, and every time that your guest blogger, guest, you know, podcast um, guest, anything that where you're showing up, that's when you give it out. And your list does grow that way organically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. I really love when you talked about repurposing content because one of the big problems that I have is I'm like, well, shoot, what I, what would I even write in my email newsletter? Like, I don't know what to say, but I'm sitting here recording a podcast. I obviously have things to say, right? And I've already done that work. And so that makes a lot of sense to me, being able to repurpose content and use the work you've already done in creating your podcast or your YouTube channel or whatever you're doing and using that for your email list. Uh, so one of the big questions I have then is how how do you make sure I mean taking someone's email address I see as a real act of trust because when I sign up for a newsletter I'm always cautious about it and I'm always like oh no is this going to be another one of those newsletters that's going to spam me like crazy and I'm going to try to unsubscribe and it'll never work and they'll just keep sending me emails so how do we make sure when someone trusts us enough to give us their email address, that we treat that with the respect that it deserves and that we aren't spamming them. Yeah. You know, what actually happens more than spamming a lot of times is ghosting. You collect an email address, you send them an email, maybe you give them the freebie and then nothing. And then three months later, you email them and like, hey, I have a course, you need to buy it. Uh, that happens more often than spamming when it comes to the entrepreneur, the small, small business, the solopreneur, the big companies, they spam you and the small people are like, they just ghost you. So don't do either. Um, you need to really figure out what people want from you. If you sent them the right type of emails and they really enjoy them, you could actually email them more than once a week. There's a marketer, his name is Donald Miller. He's, um, he wrote Story Brand, very you know, big guy. A lot of people trust him. He sends daily emails, hmm. daily, daily tips, which is cool for some people. So if you are going to do something like that, I recommend you have people um, choose what they want. They can opt into your daily emails or your weekly emails or your monthly emails. Mm. I send weekly emails. We've seen that since I've been doing this for 18 years, we've seen one week, one email a week. People are okay with that. They don't feel spammed and they stay, they, they stay on your list. So that's a good safe bet. Um, I have seen a couple of companies do one email every two weeks and that's okay too. But the second you drop off after two weeks and you do it once a month, it's too little. You might as well not send an email. They don't see you. They, they, they'll they probably just delete it because they don't even remember who you are. Um, so that's why I recommend once a week. Um, and I do more than once a week because I sell things every now and then. And when I do sell, my people, they might get three emails a week. And at that point, the people that are okay with the sales pitch because they know the rest of the year they get good free nuggets and good advice, they stay on. 
there are people that unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. And so that at that point, what I want you to do is look at your metrics. When you get an unsubscribe rate of 2% or higher, you're making your people maybe mad. So you got to pay attention to that. If it's 2% and lower, you're good to go. There's always people that are going to unsubscribe. Don't worry about it. They wouldn't have bought from you anyway. They weren't interested um, or they were just busy and didn't want a clogged inbox. So don't take it personal. So look at those numbers, 2% and higher. Maybe you should slow down, do less emails or do better emails. 2% and lower, you're good to go. Okay. And I've heard this related to social media posts, and I think it's probably relevant to um, email marketing too. And I just want to get your thoughts on it. But I, I always hear it said like, give a lot of value and then every once in a while sell. And you mentioned that you you give a lot of value and then every once in a while you're going to have some big sell. How What should that proportion be? And then also, do you prep your people and say, hey, by the way, like at the end of your value newsletter and say, by the way, next week I have a sell going on. You're going to receive some emails from me but it's just for next week. Like, do you prep people or, or how do you, how do you manage that ratio between yeah. value and and selling? And I do want to preface if this is anybody that's listening that, that, um, that has an e-commerce store or like, you know, like shoes or selling something like that. This is not you because you mm-hmm. sell all the time. Every email could be a sales email. I'm talking about the service-based people, just like what you do, what I do, that type of thing. Uh Um, I have a rule of give four times before you get. So give, 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 and then you ask for something. So if you do that, that would be every fifth email, right? You, um, You can ask something. I have my sales every two to three months is when I sell something. So my people get, you know, two to three months worth of value, value, value. And then I sell something, but you know what, when I'm selling, I'm still giving value because Mm. I tell them like here, this is why. So for example, my Facebook ads course, this is why Facebook ads is important. This is why in 2021, you want to run Facebook ads. So they're still learning, even if they're not buying, I'm not just saying buy me, buy me, buy me. I'm giving value in the buying process too. Um, and then a lot of the people that are on my email list, for example, they're also learning how to write emails. So right. they learn and, you know, I had somebody write me back and they said, you know, Andrea, I'm getting so many sales emails for this pro- program that you're pushing, but I don't want to buy it. And I wrote back and I'm like, well, you're learning from my sales emails. And they were like, oh, totally. Oh yeah. Okay. Keeps sending them. I want to see them. I'm like, yeah, save them. You can borrow the same kind of copy. You can, you know, rewrite it in your own language, but you can actually use that and you can learn from it too. Um, so I, I, I think that people are used to it and that they're used to the selling part. Um, as long as you don't, every single thing is a sales thing. And if, you know, 40, um, 80% of it is value people, people will understand that you're going to be selling to them as well. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, and have you noticed any changes in your email marketing strategy or, um, building trust through an email list since, since the pandemic started? I'm just trying to think, I think consumer behavior has definitely changed. And so I assume that marketing needs to change too. I'd like to understand a little bit of how, how you're adjusting your business for that. Yes, I have a huge change in my business for that. And I've been talking to my students about that. I'm actually writing 52 emails right now as we speak, because there are 52 weeks in the year. 
which means I'm going to write 52 emails each week. I'm dropping an email. These emails are either going to be educational or they're going to be inspirational or storytelling a little bit about me. So they get to know me. This is brand new. I have not really told my story about me as much as I'm starting to now. And I would probably not have if it wasn't for the pandemic. What happened was consumer behavior completely changed and people are more than ever looking behind the business. Who's that person behind it? And they want to do business with people that they like and that they trust. And they also have similar values. So there are people that are, especially with politics, right? They're, they'll only buy from a certain type of politic, you know, side to side and not the other side. Um, there are people that are really just taking things on a lot more personal. And so now they care if their shoe is made in China at a sweatshop, which before maybe they didn't. So as consumers, we're getting more sensitive and we're paying more attention and we really want to connect with a company. Part of it, I mean, psychology tells you this, people are, were, were, are very lonely. A lot of us aren't leaving the house. A lot of us aren't hanging out with friends or coworkers and we're getting lonely. So we actually want to see people now and learn more about them. While before we were so busy, we would just bought anything. Now we're like, oh, I have a little bit of time. I want to, I'm going to check out this person a little bit more. And especially in the U S with politics and stuff, we've, we've, we've been burned and it doesn't matter what you believe in. We've been burned. You've been burned. And that is something that has changed our landscape quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And so before, while I was always servicing and always giving, 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 and giving marketing nuggets and tips, now I'm putting myself in there. Um, just to give you an example, I did a um, I did an Instagram live the other day, and I talked about showing up on Instagram as yourself. You don't need to have as, as girls. We don't need to have you know all this makeup on and pretty hair and totally done up and perfect outfits. Show up as you. People want to see you. They want to see the authentic you. Um, I don't know if you remember, but when I started my business two years ago. I had fake eyelashes. I had fake hair because I thought I needed to. I thought I needed to look younger, prettier, more done up. That changed in 2020. Mm. Show up as you. Half the time, no, 80% of the time I'm wearing a baseball hat and maybe I'll throw in some lipstick for some color, but I just show up as me and it's the real me. And I'm not going to be like this fake front of this perfection because that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it really connects with people differently. And in that live that I did on Instagram, I had more people watching that one than my marketing tips, than my um, older style kind of information. It was the realness people are seeking. And so you need to actually have that in your emails and in your content that you push out every week. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a buzzword, but it's all that authenticity, right? Uh, in fact, I've done an episode on, on authenticity on this podcast before. And really, at the end of the day, that's one of the main reasons why I'm even doing this show at all is because I, I see that trend of people caring more about their brands and being way more selective, uh, especially, I mean, millennials, but also Gen Z as they're coming into this this age where they're, they're now consumers and they're starting to buy, they really care. I have a little brother and he will not buy anything that he doesn't have some sort of brand affinity to. 
And I'm just like, whoa, like this is this is new to me because oh, I, yeah. I'm the type of guy that I'll go to the dollar store and I'll just buy something because it's cheap. And and then there's other things where I care, but he's just he's so selective. And he's like, and he wants to research these companies and he wants to see, well, who's the CEO and how are they treating the environment? How are they treating this? How are they treating that? Like he really cares about these brands and he only wants to support brands that he that he cares about. And I'm just things are changing. And that's why that, that's why it's so important to build trust. Sorry. I cut you off there. That age group. Wow. They're, they're so good. I actually had the same thing happen to, with my niece, a 24 year old niece. I bought these, I don't know if you know what they are, but arena flats, um, and they were leather (laughs) and they were leather. And she says, you know, you can get the same stuff in pleather or in even better recycled plastic. And I was like, yeah, I hadn't, didn't even think about it. Like it wasn't even like you, like going to the dollar store. I just went to Nordstrom's and bought some shoes that were cute, but she then proceeded to send me five different links of the same shoe that were recycled or they were pleather or, or something that no animal died for it. And I was like, wow, that's so cool that she even thinks like that. And no, this was a while ago. This was before the pandemic, but what happened was the millennials were kind of like, and the Gen, Gen Z, Gen X. Yeah, Gen, Gen Z, Z, Gen Z. Yeah. You know, they're they're like that. And then now we are, uh, my, I'm Gen X. My generation is starting to do that. And because of the pandemic, it really, people are just looking into behind things. And is my you know, donations really going to the right place where they say they're going to give it to? Um, and then you also have all these privacy laws and data laws now because mm-hmm. of so much corruption with Facebook and all the stuff they got in trouble with. So that's something as entrepreneurs, we got to pay attention to too. And so one of the things that I also teach my people is like, you have to have a privacy policy on your website. Got to have something about, you know, terms and conditions. If you're selling something, Um, if you're selling something like even you, right. When you create websites for other people, you really could have an earnings disclaimer in there, in there saying, just because I created you a website doesn't mean you're going to be a millionaire, Mm-hmm. Um, I have an earnings disclaimer because I sell education on my website. And so these legal things now are creeping up too that didn't really used to be there, you know, five years, six years ago as much. Yeah. So a lot has changed and it will continue to change. Yeah. You have to be really, really careful as a brand. And especially if you, if you care about branding, which I do and care about building something that people are going to trust you, you just have to be very intentional about it. And I wasn't going to dive down this rabbit hole, but since you mentioned it, and since I know you were talking about it a couple weeks ago, I I do kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, data privacy. Um, I know that Apple is coming out with a new update and a lot of businesses and Facebook is definitely leading the charge is very, very upset about it. Um, but I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on, on how companies should use data and personal information, but then also maybe a little bit of your opinion on, on the current battle that's going on, on both yeah. sides of this. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was Apple released their new iOS and it, um, in, in, the, in that, people can decide to opt out of receiving ads. This is especially big for mobile apps. So if you if you sell an app, um, it's really hard for you to, to do ads right now. And what happened was, was Facebook, they went crazy about it. To be honest, my opinion, they went overboard and they actually mm-hmm. fibbed a little bit in what was happening. They made it more extreme than it really is. 
But these data laws, they really are starting in Europe. Um, I think it was five years ago or something, they rolled out GDPR, which is one of the data laws, and it's slowly creeping here. Right now, California is taking lead. They're doing a California privacy policy. I think it's going to go in effect in 2023. Um, So now you have to be careful if you're taking email addresses from California versus Europe versus the rest of America versus Canada. So this is just going to get bigger. And I think this is normal. It's um, something that is uncharted territory, right? When we first started with the internet, we didn't know it's going to blow up this this, this big. We, we didn't know. And we started doing all this stuff and it was the wild west where there were no laws. And now we're sophisticated enough and we've seen how this can hurt the consumer now we're putting this privacy in place so Mm -hmm. nothing to be worried about nothing to be upset about this is normal um we've had that before when we used to do ads on park benches or ads on a billboard there are certain kinds of billboard ads that were not allowed because it might make people crash their cars by seeing it so there's this, this has been around forever it's just now coming online yeah. Um, you do have to pay attention to it though. So for example, if you're running Facebook ads, one of the big things that um, is happening is that if you're running custom conversion ads, your tracking will be off. And we've seen it. I've seen it on my own ads, my student ads, eh, not so ha- we're not so happy about it, but that's okay. Things change. Um, but there's things you could do. So right now, one of the big things is um, on Facebook ads, you want to um, make sure that your domain, your website domain is actually in the tool and it's um, and, and it's verified. That's the only thing you need to do. That's one little thing and that's okay. And this is going to continue. So you do have mm-hmm. to stay on top of it, pay attention, you know, work with marketing consultants like me or business coaches out there that give you that information, listen to podcasts like yours or mine. And so you can hear what's happening. Um, that is part of what you have to do as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Stay yeah. on top of the latest laws. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. And I think once again, this goes back to the conversation that started this episode, but it's all about transparency and communication, right? Um, if your business model is damaged by being transparent about your business model, you might be in trouble. <laughs> wink, wink, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think like, You just need to tell people what you're doing. And there are companies out there, and obviously there's a lot of people on all sides of the fence here, but I would argue that Google takes just as much data as Facebook, but they're a lot better at saying, hey, look, this is all the stuff we're giving you for that. Unlimited photo storage or or whatever. Like they, They give those incentives. And I think as long as you're transparent about it, you just say, hey, this is the data we're requesting. This is what we're doing with that data. And this is the benefit that you're getting for having us use that data. You're getting Facebook. I mean, you get to communicate with your friends and family in a way that was unprecedented before Facebook came out, right? Like if you're if you're transparent about why you're using that data, this is our business model. This is how we make money. We're, we're building personalized ads, whatever it is. I think things are a lot better, (laughs) but if you try to hide it and you try to say, oh, well, we don't want people to know that we're using their data or Apple, how dare you give a notification about it? (laughs) You're probably not in the right business if you, if you, if you don't want to be transparent about your business model. (laughs) Yeah. And, and and people will leave. That's very normal. Like for example, my husband, he left Facebook a while ago. He'll never get on that platform again. He won't get on Instagram because Facebook bought Instagram and that happens, but there's billions of other people that are still out there. So if you lose a couple of leads or customers, not a big deal. There's a bunch of them standing behind that don't care about that stuff. 
I know this data is being collected. I know how it gets collected. I am on every single app and social media site. And my email address is like everywhere. I don't care. It just, it's normal for me. Yeah. And there's a lot of people like me that will buy from you. So don't, don't worry about it. Um, these changes have always happened. Again, I've been doing this for 20 years now. Um, they, they happen all the time. They used to happen in newspaper ads, then on bench ads, billboard ads, now on Facebook ads, normal. Don't worry about it. We're going to continue to see those. Just make sure you make those changes. GDPR, for example, is that European law that, um, that you have to like opt-in and double opt-in to emails. Um, we're not pushing that in America right now. So there's a lot of us that have websites that don't have that on there yet. Mm-hmm. And we're fine because they, they usually usually don't go after us little people right away, but they will eventually. So you you do have some time. So you don't need to like do it right away if you, you know, if you're like a small business like me. It, it's it's okay if you do it a little slower. They'll give you a little bit of grace. Um, but if you're living in California right now, they're telling you 2023, you better be ready. They're giving you two years. So you have enough time. Um, so there's no need to freak out about it. It yeah. just changes normal, especially in digital, in the digital world. Yep. Yep. Totally. Uh, and so before we kind of wrap things up, Andrea, I mean, you are the marketing guru, you know, everything about marketing. <laughs> what's, what's something that we haven't talked about on this episode as it pertains to building trust that you think is an absolutely essential thing that we mentioned? You got to show up. So what happened and last year, for those of you guys that follow some of the big online gurus out there, like Amy Porterfield, Marie Forleo, and a lot of these people, they didn't show up. They hid. They hid when the pandemic hit. They hid during Black Lives Matter. They hid doing all these things. You have to show up. People want to know your opinion nowadays. Besides that type of thing, you also want to show up in customer service. This is a huge change that we've seen. People are expecting expecting you to give an answer quick. So if somebody's writing in on, on Facebook Messenger or in your email and two days later you write back, that's a lot of times too late. That mm-hmm. person has already booked some, with somebody else. So what I do is if I'm busy, I reply immediately and I say, hey, got your email. I will go take a look at it tomorrow and we'll, we'll write back. So they know I'm going to be there for them. I didn't ignore them. And then a lot of times then they don't need to reach out to somebody else because they trust me that I'm going to come back for them the next day. But that kind of response rate, unfortunately, makes a little bit of work for us, but it is vital. Um, if you have a huge amount of those kinds of emails or requests coming in, then you can do an automated one. And in the automation, you just say, hey, just want you to know I got your request. I'll get back to you within 48 hours or whatever your time limit is. You have to have an immediate response. Um, that is really, really, really important right now. And people want, um, they don't want robots. They want personalization. Mm-hmm. So even if you have a robot, like a chat bot or something on your website, give it a name, give it a, give it a personal spin to it. Um, they want, they want niceness. They want peace. <laughs> they want love. We are all in need of a lot of grace and patience right now as humans because of the pandemic that you just want whatever you have going, just make it a little bit nicer, put something nicer in there. Even 
just sign out. Hope you're hanging in there. Hope you're doing well. Or, hey, thinking of you and your family. Those types of messages are, are really important and they go far because people need that right now. And, and you know, that's part of as business owners, right? If, if people want to trust you, you want to make sure that you also care about them. And mm-hmm. giving that kind of messaging out there is something that really will help you and will go far. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, treat people like people treat them like humans, not a number, not just a dollar sign because, Hey, that's where my money's coming from, but treat people like people. And it it will make a world of a difference in your business. Um, thank you so much for that, Andrea. And I want to give you an opportunity to plug all the amazing, awesome things you're working on. I hear about your impact membership and all these different courses and things you're doing. I'll go ahead and let you explain it though, because you're doing a lot of things. So where can we find you? Yeah. So the first thing that I noticed when I became an entrepreneur is that the list building piece was missing for a lot of us. We talked about this already. So you know how important it is. So I have a course called Lists that convert. It's a two months course. I'll help you list build. I'll help you get out there on your website with lead magnets. And there's a lot of little nuances that that we need to make sure that you establish um, to get really good organic free lists in. That's number one. Then once you got that covered, you need to have that covered before you jump into running ads. Because once you understand what how list building works organically, the free way, then you can do Facebook ads. So I have a Facebook ads course that teaches you how to get more leads and clients for um, Facebook and Instagram ads. And then I also have an impact marketing membership. That membership is a monthly membership. You come and go whenever you need me. And what happens is I do consulting in there. So it's not, I just don't sit there and talk at you and teach at you. I actually look at your work. Like right now, one of my students, um, she just sent me her website. So I went through the entire website, what she needs to do better, how she can optimize it. I help with lead magnets, with Facebook ads, with content, with blogs, with podcasts, with a lot of marketing. And so that way you're never alone. I help you take action and I help you optimize your work. So those are the three, the three ways that people can work with me. Awesome. And they can find all of that and more. It's andreapalton.com. I make sure I get that right. Yep. I'm looking at my browser right now. (laughs) Andreapalton.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Andrea. It was great to see you again, to catch up with you a little bit. And I'm just so happy that we have marketers like you out there that are doing it the right way. So thank you again. Same here. I love what you do and I'm going to be addicted to this podcast. So I cannot wait to hear more episodes. All right. Well, thank you. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Trustcast. This podcast has been a production of JMH Media. I'm Jacob Harmon and I've been your host. The TrustCast podcast team consists of Josh Harmon and Steve Hill. I really couldn't do this without them. Music licensing comes thanks to Epidemic Sound. And if you've liked what you've heard, we invite you to subscribe to TrustCast in your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help. Join us next time as we continue to break through the noise by building real human connections and trust in business. See you then.